I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 7, Let Me Teach You My Method to Strengthen Your Pelvic Floor. I want to start this episode out with yet another story. So years and years and years ago, I had a major hip surgery. And prior to that, it really was a long road to get me the help that I needed. So after the surgery and I was better and I was walking and getting stronger, I wanted to have a goal that I reached for, something I had never done, something that would make me absolutely uncomfortable because I wanted to be in a place or I wanted to celebrate this new place that I was in that I actually could push my body and expect more out of it. So I had heard about friends doing bodybuilding shows, stepping on stage in a bikini and posing. And while that part really wasn't that exciting to me, I wanted to go lift weights. I wanted to tax my body and to see what it could do because my body was in this new place. And also in the meantime of all of this time of trying to discover what was wrong with my hip, why was I in so much pain? Why was I having to use those little rider carts at the grocery store? I just really wanted to move my body and challenge it. I'm sure you, I'm sure you've, you've been in situations like this, that you're, you're finally free from college or you don't have the time commitments that you used to, and you just kind of want to go spread your wings. So with this, I, I had gained some weight and part of me, I just think I wanted my aesthetic back. I wanted to be able to not only move, but I wanted to look good again too. So I had never been in a position before where I, I had to lose weight and I really didn't know how to, how to get my body strong and to be able to return to the active lifestyle I had and the look that I wanted. Now, this is not the, the point of this podcast is not about the aesthetic. It's not about losing weight, but I needed help. I realized that. I had this goal. I didn't know how to get there and I needed help. And I was able to find an outstanding trainer to work with my nutrition and to help get me started lifting weights so I could be on the path to my goal that I wanted. And the incredible thing was she took all the guesswork out of it. She gave me a plan. She told me exactly what to eat about when the time to eat it, what body part I needed to work, what exercises I need to do, how much cardio I needed to do, 
how much sleep I needed to get, how, the type of supplements I needed to do. I mean, I really, I, and maybe in this scenario, I, I gave her a lot of control because I had no idea what to do. But the incredible thing looking back was she had a method. I trusted her. And by handing the reins over to her, not only did I get the aesthetic that I wanted, and this is a story for another day, I didn't end up stepping on the stage. My hip pain came back, and that's a whole nother story for another day. But I utilized her method, and I learned a lot. I still implement a good portion of that method besides going and learning more about some of her method. And besides learning and reaching my goal, it also was very incredible. Uh, It also was very comforting just to take the guesswork out of it. So I, I tell you that story because I think sometimes we like to DIY. We do a lot of DIY in this world. And I'm just as guilty of it as you might be too. But I think sometimes there can be a quicker route. There can be a better method than what we can do on our own. And I'm not saying what is right for me is right for you. But what I'm just suggesting is that sometimes it's kind of nice, again, to hand over those reins but also learn a bit, a little bit about it along the way. So I want to tell you my method to strengthening the pelvic floor because I've been utilizing this for over 12 years. In the very beginning of my career, I realized that the kegels that they taught us to do, that that's how we should help our patients, they weren't cutting it. So I dug in and I've told my story before, but the short story is this. I wanted a way to speed up, to streamline, and to give a framework to my patients. I also, and I don't think I share this part in my story very often, but I also wanted to create something that my patients and clients weren't reliant on me for every part of their strengthening. I wanted to be able to teach them the principles and the foundations and the logistics as to why using this particular method was the best thing to help them strengthen their pelvic floor. So that's how I was able to determine my method, VAB3, V-A-B-3. So V is for vertical, A is for above, B is for below, and three is all three planes. So let me walk you through this So you have an idea of what this VAB3 is, and then at the end of the podcast, I'm going to walk you through a couple of examples that might play a role into some of this as well. So V is for vertical. We know that any time our body experiences vertical motion or up and down motion, and sometimes even more specifically that downward motion, our pelvic floor contracts against our urethra. And that pressure and that tension from our pelvic floor muscles squeezing against that urethra, it's almost like someone is stepping on a hose to keep the water from coming out or, in our case, the urine from coming out. So I like to utilize vertical motion in a lot of my programming. You'll see it. And in fact, when I give this idea or in fact, 
when I give this exercise to patients or an exercise that has this vertical motion, the look on their faces continues to be priceless because I think that they assume, uh, lady, I just told you that I leak when I jump. And now you just told me that I need to do the jumping jack series. What? So when I say this, I, and I don't do this for my amusement, but if that's how our pelvic floor works, then that's what we should be doing in order to strengthen our pelvic floor. However, we're going to be doing this in a way that we are successful in, meaning we're not leaking, we don't have pain, we don't have pressure, we don't have any negative symptom associated with whatever vertical motion we might be doing in an attempt to strengthen our pelvic floor. A is for above. Above means any type of strengthening above our pelvic floor. So this could be our back muscles, this could be our core muscles, this could be making sure that our spine has really great motion because that will influence the pressure inside our abdomen. And that is probably one of the bigger players, meaning that everything that's stacked on top of your pelvis needs to be functioning well. Your core should be strong. Your back muscles should be strong. You should have plenty of range of motion and mobility in your upper body so it's in a position to help strengthen that pelvic floor or support it. So I know a lot of people will say, oh yeah, of course, core and pelvic floor go together. Now, this is an episode for another day, but I don't recommend trying to contract your pelvic floor and your core at the same time, trying to do those type of isolated movements. I really don't. If you're confused by this and the episode on this particular topic is not yet out, go ahead and message me on Instagram and I'd be happy to delve into this more with you. But what we're after here is we want to make sure that the pressure and the strength is normalized and appropriate. So what a lot of times what I mean by this and the way I'll explain it to patients the first go around is when you're pregnant, your belly gets bigger and it shifts forward. And in the process of this, the center of gravity moves forward. And when this happens, it changes the pressure inside your abdomen. The pressure, because of the sweet baby, it's no longer straight down. It's kind of out to the front of you and then down, almost like a V shape, if you will, or a sideways V, I should say. So by getting your back strong, core strong, and the pressure appropriate, including your posture, it helps to redirect that pressure to allow that pelvic floor to more function the way that it was designed to. So sometimes this can be confusing, and some of the recommendations I'll give for this is start with your back mobility. How flexible are your back muscles? Is your posture good? Start there because that will relay into your pelvic floor, getting the appropriate signals that it should get. I think sometimes we like to interfere too much. And so if we can just correct some of these pieces and let and step back and let the body be, it does a better job of functioning than what we might think sometimes. And B is for below. So in my clinic, on my pelvis model that I use, I've taken a Sharpie and I have marked all the places that hip muscles attach just on one side. 
And at first glance, it looked like it looks like there is freaking blue Sharpie, like maybe my kids were in there and drew all over this thing. But what I like to tell patients is this is everywhere that our hips attach. And what we know is whatever our hip does or doesn't do, it decides what our pelvic floor does or doesn't do. And if you think about the body almost like a domino, when our if our hip is working or not working and the pelvic floor is following, okay, if where's that domino effect also happening? If the hip isn't doing a very good job, chances are the knee might not be doing a very good job or the foot or the ankle might not be doing a very good job. And so it can be a domino reaction. So making sure that your foot and your ankle and your knee and your hip are strong and functional and you have good balance, it's going to carry that almost like a domino effect. So making sure that you're spending time on balance and single leg activities and making sure that all those muscle groups of what of what I just mentioned are strong is really vital to that pelvic floor being able to do the job that it needs to do. And then three is all three planes. So the funny part about this story is this is such a very basic principle, but when I first learned it in anatomy in high school, oh, you guys, I should be so embarrassed that I'm standing here preaching about three planes because it did not make sense to me to save my life. So the way I like to simplify it, it is it's any movement front to back, side to side or right to left, and then anything diagonal or rotational. Now, what I'm referencing that I learned in high school and in college and then again in PT school is that our body is, when they reference uh, different parts of the anatomy, it's, it's broken up into three planes. But really, you might better understand this as just saying 3D. We now have 3D printers, right? So when we use So a paper printer, when we use that, it just prints a piece of paper and whatever it is we print, it's flat on the page. It's one dimensional, right? But then now that we have these 3D printers, which I won't even begin to understand how that works, but when you print something, you you have this lifelike 3D structure that you're holding in your hand. It's, It's very different, right? There's more to this 3D thing that you printed from the 3D printer than whatever it is you printed on that piece of paper. So this is where, and this is an episode for another day too, but this is where I see a lot of programs are lacking, especially in the female body, because we know that the female pelvis is different because of the angles in which our pelvis is compared to the male pelvis. But we need to make sure that our body is having the opportunity to be strengthened in all three planes. So if you're doing squats, that's one plane, up and down, up and down, up and down. If you're doing side lunges, that's an exercise, anything, what I mentioned before, side to side. But more than likely, we're not adding rotational components to our squats or our lunges, or are we? In my programming, we do because we want to make sure we're getting all those three planes because we're functional people. There's more to us than just doing squats and our daily movements. We do a lot more than just squat like we would in the squat rack. And 
Another interesting piece about our pelvic floor is it is the only group of muscles in our body that has fibers, the muscle fibers that run in all three planes. So you can see why incorporating motions and exercises and strengthening in all three planes is helpful for that pelvic floor to become strong. So let's review. VAB3, vertical, above, below, in all three planes. So a lot of times the next question once I explain this is, well, am I doing it right? What I would say is you more than likely are strengthening your pelvic floor if you're utilizing at least two from VAB3 in said workout. So someone might come to me and say, okay, well, I run, that's vertical, and I'm doing below. Does that count? Possibly, but if that's all you're doing and you're not adding all three planes for the week, then you might not be getting the most benefit for that pelvic floor. You with me? So yoga is another example I'll get asked because they'll say, well, I'm not doing anything vertical and I'll say, right, but depending on the flows and whoever is leading you through this yoga practice, you might be getting above, you might getting, you might be getting below and you might be getting all three planes. I actually think yoga is a great way to strengthen your pelvic floor. I wouldn't say it's the only way, but it's a component that if you're doing it and depending on the flow, more than likely you're getting some pelvic floor activation and some strengthening. So for this episode's homework, what I want you to do is I want you to sit down and write out all the types of exercises and workouts and physical activity that you like. And I want you to write next to it a V, an A, a B, or a three and see Where might your pelvic floor strengthening be lacking? Now, this might be the first time you've heard of this, and that's totally fine, but I'm not one to burn it all to the ground and start fresh. Let's take what you're already doing. Let's let's take what you actually like and utilize that. So if you sit down and you look at this and say, man, I got a lot of V's and I got a lot of B's. Okay, you need to look at finding some more A options and some more three options or trying different combos of the V, the A, the B, or the three. And if you need help trying to figure out what's the best solution for you, then check the show notes and you can schedule a pelvic floor strategy call with me. And in 15 minutes, you and I will come up with a month's worth of pelvic floor strengthening exercises, as well as at least three strategies that you can implement for your pelvic floor. Remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review and share with a friend or two. See you next week.